Rather, they are ravenously, curiously trying to figure out what AI means, what the likely trends are, and where they should think about spending their money. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host from Currency Cloud, Chris D'Antuano. And today I'm happy to be joined by Dan Fagella from Tech Emergence. Dan, how are you today? I'm doing well, Chris. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, really excited to have you on. Me and Dan spoke uh, a few weeks back and, and Dan's experience is involved with AI and all that goes in with it and that broad term that we all speak about. But Dan, if you could, for our listeners, a brief background about yourself, you know, where, what you've been doing in the past, uh, what brought you to Tech Emergence and what you continue to do, uh, you know, planning for the future. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll, I'll be uh, brief here. So yeah, Tech Emergence is, is essentially a market research firm covering the AI implications and applications that are relevant for business leaders. So we certainly work with government leaders as well, but primarily it's, it's folks in business. Back in uh, 2011, I was just getting out of graduate school at the University of Pennsylvania for skill development. So kind of the psychology and neuroscience of, of uh, skill acquisition. And as it turns out, Chris, it was around that same time, 2011, when kind of the rustles in the academic breeze were coming about, about this thing called machine learning. So people were saying like, hey, you're studying all this stuff in the, about the neurons and about how humans learn. You know, they're, they're trying to you know, model the same kind of stuff with computers and doing some pretty neat things. And so by the time I got out of grad school, I realized holy goodness, uh, this is really going to be an impactful area in terms of kind of changing the way that folks do business and the way that just technology works in general and dove in head first. So that's what brought me here. But yeah, Tech Emergence, we cover all the big sectors, Chris. So we cover banking, insurance, life sciences, retail, and we cover the cutting edge AI applications and technologies that really make a difference in those spaces. And so we do custom research for public companies. We, we do speaking engagements at the United Nations, World Bank, kind of the, the, the biggest players kind of globally around the economic implications of these technologies and essentially help high-level execs and leaders steer their way into the future where AI is sort of disrupting a lot of what they're doing now. And I'm sure, especially this time that we're in right now, there's a, there's a lot of demand. I've been attending many, numerous conferences this year and always the key topic is AI. And Obviously, there's a lot of opinions about it. And I guess we can you know, dive into what you're hearing, I guess, to start in the banking industry, as it's probably more relevant to our listeners here. So just a broad uh, you know, expectation of AI in banking, and then we can dive obviously deeper into exactly what AI is and, and, and the specific topics within. Sure. Yeah. So happy to do a little bit of an overview of, of what's going on in banking. So one thing that should be noted, uh, Chris, you know, you'd mentioned there's a lot of different opinions on the topic of AI. And that's definitely the case. In in one of the reasons that that's the case, that there's some, uh, let's say, super optimists and some super pessimists in finance and healthcare and all kinds of different areas for a few reasons. But one of them is that really AI is in its infancy. So one thing that's important for your listeners to note is that it's not like uh, there's some small group of magic banks that are using crazy far out artificial intelligence to, to gain you know three times the profit margins of their competitors with you know majestic artificial intelligence. Really, to be honest, most of the service providers, most of the vendor companies, Chris, that are serving, let's just talk about banking specifically, are very much living off of venture money, not off of revenue from working with customers. Now, that's not to say that what they're doing is not is not useful or cannot deliver value, 
But these are firms that in large part are feeling out where and how they could be valuable in banks. And some use cases have more traction than others, but I should just have everybody know that most of this is absolutely in its infantile, not even walking on two legs phase. A lot of it just has kind of great promise. If you want, maybe I could talk about some of the areas where they're suspected to be some pretty important promise in, in the near term. Yeah, that would help, especially, uh, you know, especially that you have numerous types of AI. So it'd be good to hear exactly which type of attraction that the banks are seeking at this time, at least from your experience. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of business functions. You know, the way that we break things down, if, if people go on, you know, techemergence.com, they'll see kind of an industry breakdown, but also a breakdown explicitly by uh, by function. So, you know, customer service, security and fraud, there's all kinds of different functional business areas where we tend to see a lot of AI applications across different verticals. And if we talk about areas within banking that are kind of purportedly exciting, one of the, so there's sort of two ways that we've looked at innovation in this space, one of which is by looking at all the startups in the ecosystem we're trying to sell to banks and asking the question, what kind of value prop are they bringing to the table? The other way to look at things is more kind of top down to say, okay, show me the top 10 largest banks in the United States or in the world and show me the AI applications that they're developing in-house. So you want to see what the biggest folks in the world are building on their own time and with their own dime. But you also want to look at where the cutting edge innovators in you know, Israel and New York and San Francisco are sort of bringing to life. And there's a number of potential sectors of interest. I'll talk about two broadly that I think have great promise in, in the more near term. There's certainly kind of longer longer term applications, but in the near term, one of them is fraud detection. So looking at payment fraud, looking at fraudulent transfers, looking at money laundering. As it turns out, Chris, it's essentially impossible to write a concrete set of rules for what kind of transaction should be flagged as fraud and, and what kind of transaction should not be flagged as fraud. Because people are inventing new ways to make an illegitimate transfer seem legitimate all the time. It's kind of an adversarial circumstance, let's say. And so what machine learning tends to be quite good at is picking up on what are what are called anomalies. So very unique, very different patterns of activity for users. And so if we see a certain payment activity, whether it, you know, potentially the use of a credit card for, you know, someone like Citigroup or American Express, or maybe a money transfer, you know, to Romania or even to somewhere else in the United States that that maybe has just a, enough of a different footprint to be kind of notably off kilter for what that user would normally do or people like them would normally do. And we can put those to the attention of actual kind of fraud experts or security experts who can decide whether or not they want to investigate that, but, but they can be sort of alerted to things that that hard-coded rules could never alert them to because the machine is not paying attention to hard-coded rules. It's paying attention to the quality of different. These patterns are different. So fraud is is one. If you want me to poke into that, I can. We can move on to others. Let me know what's useful for you, Chris. Yeah, it'd be good to hear a, a couple others, and then maybe we can you know revert back and, and dive back into fraud and, and maybe a few more. But yeah, what are other cool. trends that you're seeing within AI that are actually sticking within traction? Because you know, as we mentioned before, it, it's a very broad term. It's a hot term right now that's being you know spoken about in the financial industry. But really, it, it's a massive industry. So it'd be good to hear you know other other areas that are getting some traction within the financial space. Totally, yeah. So I'll give you uh, another sort of big, broad domain. I would say, kind of number two from from my perspective here would be in the kind of customer service conversational interface world. So if any of your listeners 
want to Google the term AI and banking, almost no matter where you are in the first world, you're going to see us as the first result, um, not just the first page, but result number one. And that's kind of an assessment of what the, the big U.S. banks are doing. And to some degree, this is only the things they want to let you know they're doing. I'm sure they're doing a lot of other interesting innovation that maybe just isn't public. But customer service and, and serving customers in, in a direct way is, is definitely a big part of the mix. So I'll give you a couple of potential use cases that banks are pretty excited about. One of those is um, just answering basic questions for existing customers. So, you know, getting an update on their balance, getting an understanding of how they've how much they've spent in a certain category, like, like let's say food and groceries in the last three months, getting an understanding of, you know, the last five transfers that they made from their saving account, being able to simply type these things into chat or communicate with some kind of a voice system and be able to have these very basic questions answered immediately um, these are things that, that banks are pretty excited about. And then that stretches a little bit into another element of interacting with the customer, which is kind of onboarding and marketing. So people that are not yet a customer, but they're interacting with the bank, maybe asking about products, maybe asking basic questions, maybe asking about the details of a certain service or, or something else. If those answers can come immediately in great detail, customized to what it seems like that that potential prospect is interested in, maybe we can do a better job of kind of roping them on the phone if they're the right kind of person that's hot enough to take that next step. And so a lot of this kind of customer-facing conversational interface activity is pretty important as well. And so that, that kind of encompasses both marketing and customer service. I think probably the first one there is going to be customer service. Yeah. And I guess using the AI to enhance the marketing side of things, at least from what I'm seeing, is that it's these knowing the, the location of the user and then, you know, popping out ads based on uh, history. So that's what I'm actually seeing in the marketing side of things, you know, as well as tag, looping that in with the customer service. But it also gives these card opportunities chance to uh, give offerings and promotions based on historical trends. Uh, are you seeing that type of uh, solution being embedded as well or being discussed? Uh, yeah, d- definitely. We can chat about this in terms of sort of location specific prompts. I, I think, you know, if we're talking about banking here, generally we see more of that from kind of like the brick and mortar retail world where people might be kind of bumbling into stores in the real world. Are you talking about credit cards that maybe have like rewards programs for certain restaurants and they'll let people know about things or, or are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like to, to enhance them to, to obviously trigger, you know, more locations as obviously it started in the brick and mortar, but banks are trying to, at least from what I'm seeing is, is sort of create that marketplace now, looping in the card offerings that they can be able to have consistency with, with the merchants. So at least from, from what I've been seeing within the market and my past discussions, the banks are starting to you know, take on those trends of the, the larger retails as obviously you, you lose business to them if you don't, if you don't take on you know, the rewards yourself. So I've been thinking that the, the larger uh, financial players are starting to to want to enhance themselves by you know integrating into these types of systems. I would suspect that the dynamic you're talking about might be pretty common with the sort of the the bigger kind of card providers out there. So the the Amexes and the, and the cities of whatnot. So those folks, I think, might maybe be a bit deeper in the game than kind of a you know like a J.P. Morgan, for example. I, I would suspect would have less. Prompts. I know American Express, even just being an American Express customer myself, you know, they have kind of like their shop small, shop local kind of initiatives, or they'll have like emails and other kind of little touch campaigns that kind of try to, I think, poke and prod folks to, to work with some of their partners or the, the small businesses that, that accept Amex. My guess is that they may be able to do more of that stuff in real time. 
I think, you know, even in retail, that kind of real-time prompting, I think is still, again, in, it, in its infancy, I think credit card providers will probably figure out who's responsive to that and who's not. I know right now I don't get any texts from Amex. And to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of thankful of that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of working, like when I'm driving through somewhere, I'm not like trying to buy shoes. And so, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be all that into it. But I think that, you know, there's probably customer profiles of folks that are responsive to certain kind of ads. I would imagine that you know, again, the places where we might see this are someone who gets a Macy's card might want to know if there's a Macy's in the area to get a special on a certain kind of product that they purchase a lot of that might be customer info that's a little bit more coherent. So wouldn't be wouldn't be too surprising if, if Amex moved into that. I would estimate that just like with the, everybody else in this game, they're going to have to figure out what are the customer profiles and the types of touches that actually make that productive. But certainly, you know, I was talking about conversational interfaces. You're talking about kind of location-specific prompts tailored and kind of recommendation engined for the user. I think that that's, you know, also potentially maybe not a future for all banks, but but certainly for some of the larger credit card providers, I think that you're on the ball and we'll probably see folks experimenting with that. Yeah, and I appreciate that clarity. And I guess the, the, the last point to dive into is there are, as we mentioned, AI is a, is a big term. It's a trendy term right now. I think, you know, people, especially the larger institutions and, and startups as well, is where to focus, right? So we just mentioned three, you know, different categories within AI. But where do you see that the biggest, you know, investments are being made? I mean, it could even be within the fraud target that you mentioned within, you know, AI and, and not necessarily being over the next few years, but the longer term play of this transitional type of workflow, whether it's uh, institution or like I mentioned, a startup, uh, where, where do you think that the, the biggest investments will make the biggest splash? Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to talk specifically about banking here or kind of just the AI ecosystem making its way into business broadly? Where do you want to kind of hang out? Yeah. I think just just broadly, because I think it'll affect yeah. you know, multiple different industries as transformative. You know, the, the spaces that, so if we just look at venture funding, and now this is from you know, sources like CB Insights and other people that do a pretty good job of, of covering fundraising activity across sectors, but also from our own anecdotal evidence of covering companies. We have a lot of firms that will advertise with us. And basically anybody in the B2B AI space who raises over 50 million bucks is going to at some point be in our inbox to try to reach our audience um, because we, we cater to executives. And so we get to get a feel for who's raising the big bucks and, and has the ammunition to go hit the market. Um, healthcare and finance are reasonably far ahead in terms of individual sectors where people are kind of raising those those larger sums of money. I'm personally more optimistic about near-term uh, sort of traction and ROI in finance than I am in healthcare. I think there's there's a lot of other clunkiness in, in the healthcare space that's potentially holding things back. But those are kind of the big two, at least from our perspective. And again, folks like CB Insights in terms of fundraising, you know, trends over time for AI, at least their report, you know, 18 months ago kind of was pretty coherent with that. Other big spaces are, you know, retail and then, and then you know, defense is kind of a big deal too. Just for an understanding of your, for your audience, uh, Chris, I think something that's important to note is that right now, a lot of the money, so there's going to be some phases ahead of us. So you're saying, where's the money being spent? The current state of affairs is very different than I think where the state of affairs will be, let's say, five years from now. And different industries are going to mature more quickly, but your audience, I think, will appreciate getting a sense of where the money will be spent and invested as we go through different phases. Right now, most executives, and, and we survey hundreds and hundreds of them, so I, I can give you a pretty good pulse of the folks that have AI on their radar across these major kind of trillion dollar sectors and domains. For the most part, they're not ravenously adopting AI. 
nor are they ravenously updating their technical systems and their data infrastructure to adapt for AI. Rather, they are ravenously, curiously trying to figure out what AI means, what the likely trends are, and where they should think about spending their money. Most of them are not at, okay, I get it, time to spend. Most of them are at, what the heck does this mean and what should I do? Now, what that means practically, Chris, is that, you know, I joke about this all the time, the money in AI today is being spent on AI events. So if you have a finance event that you've been running for nine years, all you have to do is throw the word AI in front of the the event for this year. You charge 500 bucks more per ticket and you sell 40% more tickets. So AI is such a buzzword that, you know, you mentioned it yourself. People are learning, right? So that's where the, the money is being spent right now on kind of like, what does this mean? In the next two or three years, we're going to see a lot more investment in, in core data infrastructure and in, in services firms. That's why you see Accenture and, and PwC and all these people trying to revamp themselves as kind of AI gurus is because they want to gobble up all that heavy lifting that big companies like banks are going to have to do to upgrade their data infrastructure, to upgrade the way that their IT systems and their departments work to be able to leverage machine learning. So we're going to see a lot of this internal kind of grind happening to, to, to get a company ready to adopt AI. And only then are we going to see really powerful, consistent sales from vendor companies. Are we going to see the vendor landscape really get tremendous play, make money from revenue, not just from venture money, but from really selling something? Only then are we really going to see the, the, the pure flourishing of this stuff. So all these sectors, in my opinion, Chris, are going to go through these phases. You ask, where's the money being spent? we're still in learning mode, even in the most exciting sectors in, in, in many regards. And that's going to switch into infrastructure and then switch into vendors over time. Yeah, that, that definitely explains a lot. And obviously, uh, with your experience, I think it, it gives a broader knowledge to, to our listeners here of maybe, you know, hesitate or take a step back before, you know, and let, let, let the puddles come to a, a surface. So appreciate that clarity. Well, Daniel, if you could, for our listeners, you know, what's the best way to get in contact with you for, for some of our listeners to, to get in contact? Yeah, sure. You know, folks can find us on Twitter just at E-M-E-R-J, so at Emerge, or they can find me at, at Dan Fagella. I'll, I'll include that. And then, Chris, you know, I could tell people to go to our general website, but what I'll probably do is I'll just send you a couple links on a kind of our AI and banking analysis. Most of our, our really clean research in this space is actually free, so sort of AI and finance, AI and banking. Google those terms, you can find us, but I'll, I'll send them along to, to Chris to maybe include in the the episode. So I think those would probably be the resources that, that your audience would find some value in and, and really get a good sense of the lay of the land of these technologies. Yeah, that'd be really helpful because we do we do post a, a blog as well as we release um, this episode in, in a few weeks time. So uh, if Perfect. you could share those with me and, you know, I think it'd be really helpful to obviously, you know, get get the topic started before they dive into uh, this type of conversation. Well, Dan, it was a pleasure to have you on. There's a, a lot here. Obviously, we're at exciting times in the early adoption of, of AI and it's getting really exciting to see where it goes in the next, uh, you know, five to 10 years and so. So I uh, appreciate you having on and, and we'll be in touch, obviously, uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Cool. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.